Welcome to this week's episode of the Compass Equip Podcast. You heard it on Sunday, and I hope you can repeat it after me. Here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, church, every once in a while, when we have an opportunity, we like to take a couple of weeks and reorient our church back to uh, the mission of Christ. Not that we've lost sight of the mission, but that's exactly why we do this, because we never want to lose sight of the mission of Christ. We always want to take the time to gather our church back around what we're doing here. Why did God plant us here two years ago? And it's imperative for us to gather together ever so often and just rehash that out a little bit uh, in a particular focus on our own church and our context, which is we see Paul doing this quite often as he's writing uh, to the churches in the New Testament. He addresses them uh, and some of those churches, he addresses their specific needs or concerns, but he always does that through the, the broader scope of the gospel message. And so we're hoping that this series, Dear Church, Our Mission, uh, is that it meets that need in our own church that we can talk to our church here at Compass Bible Church Hill Country specifically, but through the lens of the larger, uh, the larger view of Scripture and mission, uh, to the nations. And so I'm hoping that what these sermons are going to do is help our church uh, strengthen our resolve and our minds to the mission of our church that also adds to the glory of God and the mission to the nations to reach them for Christ. And this first sermon uh, was entitled Reaching People for Christ, or reaching by worshiping in the context of Psalm 96, which I hope, as we think about Psalm 96, we understand that there's this unchanging message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This unchanging message that says God is the creator of the universe, and if he's created everything, he's ultimately in charge of everything. And he's the creator, but he's also holy and completely separate. There is God and then everything else. There is God and then creation. All things have been created, but God is a self-existent in himself. The triune Godhead were completely self-existent apart from creation and was totally and completely satisfied uh, within themselves uh, and in their divine goodness and grace uh, created us to be in relationship with, with them out of their uh, sincere love and care as they thought about creating uh, the universe, they thought about creating uh, humanity uh, to uh, be in relationship with him, to worship him, to think rightly about him. And in that reality of holiness, uh, where, which is where we find our big problem that we'll get to, but even in God's holiness, he's completely distinct from creation. But God is also just, he's fair, he's equitable, even as we saw in Psalm 96, that he judges the world in equity. He's fair and equal in, in perfection. Uh, we also see that God is love, that God loved the world, that First John says anyone knows God, love, he knows God, because God is love. But the bad news is that we're all separated from God. I don't have to go 
uh, very far, and I don't have to have a conversation very long with somebody uh, for them to un- for them and as well as myself to be able to say, yes, we're sinners. I, I sin, and I understand that I fall short of the glory of God. Well, that sin nature we inherited from our our forefather Adam, and we recognize that we inherited that, and every day uh, we recognize that we fall short of God, and that fact that God is holy. It means that we recognize that he is separate from us and he cannot be in the presence of of sin. And also that justness, that equity is the fact that if sin is both an abomination of God and a breach of God's law, then there has to be, just like in any judicial system, a consequence to bear for breaking the law. And that justness requires God in his holiness and in his just nature uh, and as he's the creator, which means he's in charge of all this, that God has to give a right response to the sin of humanity. And that right punishment is death, right? Sin, the penalty for sin is death, which is just the right response for the rebellion of society toward a holy God. But that last thing that we talked about there about God that he's loving provides the, the answer and the lens in which we view God's holiness and his justice, that God loved us even though we were still sinners, and he sent his Son, which is the good news, that Christ came and he took on the flesh of humanity, and he was the representative of humanity, and he lived a perfect life, and that made him sufficient in who he was as the Son of God, and the life he lived in perfection according to the law. Then he was taken, and he was put on the cross, and he died for the sins of those who would turn from their sin that put Christ on the cross, and they would place their trust in the fact that Christ took the wrath of God on our behalf, was placed on him at the cross, and then he took his righteousness and placed it on those who responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so God would then uh, call and judge us righteous, not because of ourselves, but because of Christ and our response to the free gift of grace in Christ on the cross. And as Christ says that those who make that response, he gives them the Holy Spirit who seals them for the day of redemption, seals them with the Holy Spirit that will guide them day in and day out as we await for the coming of the Lord. We've been given that new heart. Uh, the heart of flesh has been taken out, the, or the heart of stone has been taken out. The heart of flesh has been given like we see in Ezekiel 36. And we have a new nature as Second Corinthians 5.17 tells us. And, and there's that, that gospel message and we await for Christ's return. We await for the re- renewal of the world, the new heavens and the new earth as we await. Even Romans says that the, the world's groaning and l- eager longing and the birth pains. Uh, because of, of something that we're waiting for, and we're waiting in, in eager longing, and even the, the world is in pain waiting for the revealing of the sons of God as God comes and redeems the world. Now, that's the, that's the, that's the message. That's the unchanging gospel message. But Psalm 96 does something I hope helps you think rightly about this message, is it focuses in on the messenger, like, how are we to represent the message? As messengers, Psalm 96, 1 through 13, uh, perfectly lays out this, the attitude, the affections, the dispositions, the, the actions that, that would follow the one who thinks rightly about the message. And I want to read that for you in Psalm 96, starting in verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. 
Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. I hope as you as you read this, you see a kind of attitude and then a kind of um, emotion of, uh, of joy and eager longing and expectation as we think rightly about God and we talk rightly about the message of the gospel of Christ. And then we think about our own responsibility as messengers. And, and that's really where our sermon focus, that preaching point comes from. It's this, that our call to reach the world for Christ is accomplished by imploring the nations to turn from idols and worship the living God who will judge the earth in justice and righteousness through Christ. It's really that word there that we talked about uh, in uh, the sermon on Sunday to tell, right, to tell people. We see that there uh, in Psalm 96 in verse 2, where it says, tell of his salvation. And I reminded you, that's, that, that's the word in the LXX, which is the, the Greek uh, Septuagint, which is the Greek uh, version of the Old Testament, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which remember why that's important, because the Septuagint, the LXX, was the Bible of Jesus' day. It was the Bible of the disciples. And so when they read the word tell there in verse 2, they saw the word good news, evangelism. They saw that and understood that our job is to go tell the good news of his salvation from day to day. The same message that you and I have as uh, bearers of Christ, as those who have been enlisted into the army of Christ, the family of God, to go, uh, even as we talked about on Sunday, that Christ leads us in triumphal procession, and we're going around, and, and we are spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere, as 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16 tells us, that that's our responsibility, and it really matters uh, as messengers how we do that. And so, the teaching points really sum up the, the message and in the text of Psalm 96, that we should do these four things in particular. Number one, evangelize through the public exaltation of Christ. So there should be a joy, a jubilation, an ecstasy, uh, just an absolute joy and satisfaction in publicly exalting Christ. And that's in the congregation, as we think about our church worship and the preaching of God's word, that there should be a joy and excitement about gathering together. It should be controlled. Uh, it shouldn't be uh, just something that we try to make a big show out of, but it should be, there should be a genuine uh, joy uh, and uh, excitement about being in the presence of God's people. And it means we clap. It means we, we celebrate what God's doing. 
Uh, it means that we respond. As a pastor asks for a response, we respond. As the worship leader asks us to respond, we respond. And the, the worship leader asks us to sing out, we sing out just because we want to be public. Uh, and that translates even out there, out in the, the world, that so we are publicly exulting in Christ. So we have this joy that's emanating from our, our lives, our evangelism uh, patterns after that. that we're going to go out and we're going to tell people we're excited about the mission of the gospel, the message of Christ, and the government that's coming where God's going to reign in Christ for eternity. And at point number two, we're going to evangelize through proclaiming the works of God. This point, I think, helps us move away from this idea that, that uh, evangelism is a dry exchange of facts between two people to recognizing that evangelism is simply proclaiming the works of God, that we're going to tell people of the works of God, that God has created the universe, that he's sustained his people, he's delivered them, and he is with them, and then that greatest work of all of Christ on the cross on behalf of sinful people, and we're calling people to repent repent of their sins, place their trust in Christ, and we're proclaiming the greatest work of all, that God has come to save a people for himself. Point number three, that we're going to evangelize through proper reverence toward God. I'm afraid that one of the biggest things we have working against us in the church today is we are trying to make God so much like us and so little like he really is. Uh, And it makes sense why our evangelism is so impotent at times, because we talk about God like he's just, uh, you know, one of those grandfathers who are no longer with us anymore, uh, opposed to the God that he is who created the heavens and the earth and spoke it all into creation. I mean, all the dangerous things you think of, like lightning and hurricanes and tornadoes uh, and even the, the big creatures of the world. And even as we think about things in the universe like black holes and nebulas and suns and stars and how unapproachable they are. I mean, understand that the God spoke them into creation. I mean, those things are just an effect of the power of God, completely ineffective uh, in the presence of God. They come and they've emanated from the power of the very words of God. And that, there should be a weight and a reverence that goes with understanding that's the God that we worship, and that's the God that we serve. And we ought to have proper reverence and weight. That's the, Remember the word that we talked about when we think of uh, God, particularly as we look here at uh, Psalm 96, the glory, the weight. What is the weight of God? It's heavy. It's something that we ought to understand. Our God is a consuming fire, as Hebrews teaches, and we ought to look at God that way. The final point here is that we need to evangelize by telling of the judgment and joy to come. When we share the gospel as our lives represent the message of Jesus Christ and we're his messengers, we need to tell people what the end has in store for them. I mean, that is a wonderful part of God's kindness that he's told us how this whole thing ends. And if we look at the Bible, and I was doing it uh, even today as I was reading Uh, Revelation. I was looking there at both the wrath that God is going to pour out and also the joy that comes for those who are God's people, that he's going to take us and he's going to place us here on a renewed earth and we're going to reign with him for eternity. And there is great joy in that. And uh, we have this privilege of telling people as messengers of God's mission of the of the future realities and we all get to in some way take this prophetic reality of telling people this is what the future says this is the future this is what the bible teaches us i'm not giving you any new information i'm just giving you the information that's already there and uh we love this idea that we can tell people how this all 
all this all how this pans out in the end. And so that comes with the judgment of God and the joy to come through the salvation of God. And we have the privilege and the priority of telling people. And if we're going to be good evangelists, we can't we can't leave the best news out that it doesn't end here. And so as a church, I pray that uh, this sermon helped us have a different uh, different thought process of evangelism and that it helped uh, really address us as messengers about how we ought to think rightly about the message of Christ and how that should uh, really change the way uh, that we uh, go about thinking and speaking about the mission and the message of Christ. All right, church, don't have any questions this week. You guys didn't ask any questions, which I hope, I hope, and I trust that that means uh, that the sermon answered all the questions that you had or that it was it was clear enough where you guys felt that you had sufficient content there in that message. And so we don't have any questions for this week, but as always, we're going to encourage you uh, to uh, ask questions there on the note sheet that you have every single Sunday. There's a QR code down there on the bottom right side of the page. If you will scan that QR code, it'll take you to a page where you can ask your question about the sermon. And uh, that's when we'll take time in this section of our uh, our sermon podcast right here to do our best to answer your questions. Well, the final two things to share with you guys is some resources and some announcements. Some resources that we think may be helpful for you guys. A couple of books that are talk about evangelism and, and our responsibilities, messengers of God ourselves, as those ambassadors, those emissaries and representatives of God. Now, number one is Soul Winner by Charles Spurgeon. It's a classic, but such a wonderful book on sharing the gospel. And the second is J.I. Packer, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. It's a great book that talks about uh, man's responsibility and God's uh, sovereign uh, elective call unto salvation. And these are two classics by two men who love the Lord and who are uh, bright spots uh, in the world when it comes to writing and articulating truths about God that are moving and helpful for uh, the church today. Uh, here are the announcements. Uh, you heard Pastor Evan getting up there and talking about all the things that are coming up here at Compass Bible Church. There is so much to uh, thank the Lord about as we look at all of the announcements we have coming up. And so I just want to put them right back in front of you. Saturday, December 2nd, will be our first big Christmas event. We have our Compass Women's Christmas Coffee. It's our annual Compass Women's event, the biggest event of the year for our women. It's so big. We already have almost 100 people, 100 gals already registered for this, and we're still over two weeks out. And so we want you, if you're listening to this, you haven't registered yet, make sure you get your spot uh, because if we're not careful, we're going to run out of room. And it starts at 9 a.m. on December the 2nd. There's going to be breakfast, fellowship, worship, time of teaching. There's going to be prizes and games. It's just a wonderful opportunity for all you gals to gather together under the banner of Christ. The very next day on December 3rd at the 9 and 11 a.m. services, we're going to have Dr. Chris McKinney coming to speak as a guest preacher on the archaeological evidence of the Bethlehem account in Scripture. I love that because we're going to be able to hear of empirical and tangible evidence of the, Bibli- of the, of the Bible's veracity, its truthfulness. Uh, I always think that'd be a wonderful, helpful uh, uh, opportunity for us to hear a, a unique message uh, from a unique uh, field of study in our world. December 10th, we have our 
big Christmas celebration where we're going to get together and then we're going to celebrate all God's done this year and we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ together. And it's a great evangelistic opportunity for you to invite people to our church. We'll have a special message that morning that points people to Christ. And uh, afterwards, we'll have food trucks, petting zoo, pony rides, you know, the drill, bounce houses, carolers are going to be there again. This is going to be a really, really wonderful opportunity. And the day before that on uh, December 9th, we're going to have a big community outreach where you will gather here with us at 930. And we're going to go out into the community and invite people to our Christmas at Compass. And so we want to see you there. Uh, then very next week on December 17th, we have our kids' Christmas choir will be performing during both services. So invite your friends and family to December 17th, Kids' Christmas Choir. And the very next week, that's Christmas Eve, we'll be celebrating the birth of Christ at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services that Sunday as we finish up our series on John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18 with a series entitled Joy to the World. Final announcement for you guys. If you've served with us at, at, at this year through our serve teams here at Compass Bible Church, we have a night of celebration for you. We want to celebrate what God's doing through our serve teams and what he's done this year. So we're going to gather together at the Civic Center that we've rented out on Monday night, December 18th, starting at 6 o'clock. And we're going to get together and we're just going to celebrate. We're going to have dinner. We're going to have games. We're going to have prizes. We're going to have uh, awesome little booths and things set up. We're going to have a place for the kids. All of this stuff, absolutely free for you. We just want to come celebrate what God's done. And we need you to register, though. You can do that online or on your bulletin that you receive each week. Uh, and sign up and go ahead and prepare and put it on your calendar for Monday the 18th as we get together to celebrate all God's done through our serve teams this year. Last announcements for you guys. Next week, we have a life group off week. So during Thanksgiving week, we will not be having any life groups uh, unless your life group leader has told you otherwise. We always give our life groups the autonomy to continue to meet, even on life group off weeks. But we want to let you know, as a church, as your pastors, we are saying, hey, as a general thumb rule of thumb, we're going to say life groups are off next week. Make sure you consult your life group leader uh, for the details about that. All right, church, so grateful for you guys. I love you guys dearly. I look forward to getting back with you next week, Lord willing, as we're going to talk about teaching people to be like Christ. We'll see you then.